listen to hair wrong. From hair wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. They're wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. From hair wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking back the under pressure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still gotta keep the work together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who gon' do it like, like us? Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking back the under pressure, yeah. Hello, 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 and thank you for joining us on Heron's Home Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Robertson, alongside my sound man extraordinaire, Rico G. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? And we've entered back into the studio for episode 411. Welcome back, everybody. Yeah, what's going on? Yes, sir, yes, sir. And, you know, we get into the end of the year, so, you know, I want to start the episode uh, out with a little bit of audience appreciation, as we do. Yeah, I mean, uh, Spotify likes to hit you with them little rap things, yeah, I mean, and so... I definitely want to shout out, you know, we stay heavy in some demographics, you know, California, Florida, which is the obvious ones. You know, those are the ones we get in to build the most in. Mm-hmm. But um, it's so crazy. It always surprises me to number three in Virginia has been holding it down strong. And I'm like, yo, Virginia fam, holler. You know what I mean? Let's start our little community. Let's let's definitely start a little dialogue going on there because I, I'm always interested to hear what you guys have to say, get your opinions, see what it is that about the show that 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 you guys are really vibing with, so we could accentuate those aspects. But yeah, yo, appreciate all of you guys, man, for listening to us. You know, like definitely, thank you. Yeah, definitely, because we got our we we got consistent listeners. Who'd have thunk it? You know what I mean? It, it's not like it's not a million of them, but hey. You know what I mean? The people who appreciate it, we're your inside, you know, guys. You know, we give you those hot takes, that information that, you know, is interesting to talk about in groups. You know what I mean? Like, at very least, I hope to offer perspectives that if you don't have your own say on something and you're, you want to say something that's interesting or nuanced at a discussion, I hope we provide you that kind of food for thought. You know what I mean? Because you could get that generic shit anywhere else, you know? But yeah, man, so what you been getting into this week? Uh, this week I've mostly just been um playing uh, uh Wrath of the Righteous. Okay. I've been um catching up on uh I ended up deciding to play my Lich, but because my Lich was my first playthrough, he's also wow. like the least Yeah, the least developed. You know what I mean? He's got like he doesn't have any of the really cool um permanent buffs that would be really, really good for a Lich. Bruh, I went back to some of my <clears throat> earlier uh, Baldur's Gate characters was like, nah, y'all just scams. You're just getting deleted. <laughs> what was so. I doing? Yeah, I was tripping. <laughs> I was learning. I was still learning. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah for sure. Like there was one. There's one especially good one that I didn't have the stomach for because um, I'm usually fiercely protective of my party members, yeah. with the exception of one in this game who ended up being like um, uh, uh, like a pretty much a psychotic serial killer. Oh, okay. <laughs> And pretty much, like, once I once I followed that path and found out what was really up, I was like, nah, bruh, nah. Not doing it. Nah, like, every time the first time opportunity comes up, I kill her now. Because it's like, she's wild, bro. Like, she kills random members of your crusade. Like, that first, firstly, you, you get um, a, a, a mission to investigate serial killings happening in the crusade. Mm, As you complete that dumb. quest... Like your main quartermaster lady comes up and she's like, "Hey, so uh, yeah, th- it's over there. What- whatever you want to look at, just go over there. I'm not saying nothing else. <laughs> I think you just should go check it out. Listen, <clears throat> I ain't no rat. You feel me? But I think you're looking for what's <laughs> over there. And then you find out that it's your party member, and she feeds you this bullshit of like, "Oh, I need to kill people because I am. I because she's an. Uh, I believe she's a shaman, and um, she needs to commune with." She says that she needs the blood of innocence in order to commune with the spirit in her amulet. Not with it. You feel me? It's like, and I was you like, explicitly mm, need the blood of innocence. Mm, I'm I done. was like, it's it's like th- this is a little fishy. There's, there's so many people worth killing out there. But you explicitly <laughs> need the blood of innocence? Nah, me, I'm not like, good with it. And it's funny. The game does a really good job of like kind of slipping little tidbits in there that she might not be all there a really good example is um her uh uh, necklace cannot be removed and i believe the description on it is unidentified but it says that um uh, i believe it says that her the character's morality can't be viewed 
mm. believe that's what it. That, I believe that's the description on her necklace. So there's little clues like that, and yeah, eventually in Act Three, you you get her to finally drop the shred. And she's like, Nah, bro, I just like killing people, but I got. <laughs> And ever since then, I was like, bro, I can't do this. I'm not going down this path with you every playthrough, bro. The first time we get the the chance to investigate the serial killings, I'm killing her as soon as she makes that reveal, bro. But um, the other character, though, he has a really good buff that uh, I didn't find out until several playthroughs later. Um, He's being haunted by this otherworldly spirit, and you investigate it in the final act, and when you beat the spirit... Yeah, the spirit's like, yo, 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 chill, 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 chill. Yo, fuck that nigga. L- let me go, and I'll get up with a bunch of powers. And I get all my other playthrough, I'm always like, fuck that. You know what I'm saying? You've been haunting me this whole time. You're going down, nigga. <laughs> you feel me? But um, if you do do that, you get this really dope, like, plus four charisma buff and a couple other things from it. So, like, with the Lich, the trade off you get for the Lich final form is you lose. Your, your constitution becomes yeah. null and void. Yeah, so it's, it's not even a stat. Yeah, and your health and all that constitution-related shit is determined by your uh, right, charisma. Oh, okay. And your charisma is bumped up by, like, plus four. You also, like, um, have to give up your, your muscles and your lungs as well. So, like, mm-hmm. your strength and your dex are down plus minus two. Oof. But, like, you get some really, really good buff trade-offs for that. Like, a lot of immunities and really, really good shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen. So... I don't need muscles when I can buff my shit with magic, bro. Facts, bro. Facts. Like you, you get the the maid spell list has some ridiculous, unique spells in there. That's just like not the maid, the lich spell list. I'm sorry. Or you, yeah, and you can just get items that set your score. You know that too. It's like yeah, niggas don't know this workarounds. <laughs> in this game, though, your scores can go pretty high. So oh, it can. Yeah, yeah. You like you can easily get to like um like twenty four. Mm. To your main stats, like, uh, uh, without any assistance, just from, um, or with assistance, just from, from gear that'll, that'll give you pluses. Cause this, uh, uh, because it's 3.5, they don't really ah, shy away yes. from giving you like plus eight to charisma yeah, and yeah, shit yeah, in yeah, a yeah. belt. So you, your shit can end up going pretty fucking high. Yeah. That, that, that's such a significant difference that I noticed between 5e and 3.5 because, um, I don't know, did. Did anyone even play four? <laughs> no, I've never even heard. Like I've never, never actually heard encountered four in the wild. Yeah, you know what I mean. But um, definite and and so like I don't want to make it seem like oh between three point five and five is a huge jump because really it feels like it should be one edition. You know what I mean? Like yeah, and, <laughs> but it is it is relatively like different. Like in terms yeah, of yeah, they sort of did like an capping. overhaul. Yeah, yeah, the stat capping was definitely um something that they were like. Yeah, we don't need to let them focus that much on stats. Yeah, really it, it, it gets crazy, the numbers in this game. Like, there are enemies that you'll regularly encounter with, like, 51 AC, and you're like, bruh. Oh, yeah, 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 because in 3rd edition, you could just bypass AC. On Like, once you get to, like, ninth level, you're just bypassing AC usually. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm hitting you with, with melee touch attacks. Like, <laughs> your AC don't matter to me, bro. Yeah game that that's one thing about the the wrath of the righteous though it was always well it, it was manageably difficult a lot of times but every once in a while like there sometimes there'd be random enemies in the fucking in, in the stage that'll just fuck you up man i remember this oh, one okay. i remember this one undead monster that i fought oh man i was so mad about that because it, it was one of those things where it was like after you fought something that was really really tough and i was like whoo nailed it i'm pretty sure i thought that thing was like the boss and then there was a slight little alcove left and i'm like that should save right now now nah, i ain't nothing gonna be right here nah, i just, just killed treasure. the boss i'm good it's just treasure bro you walk over there and the skulls start coming alive and there's this ridiculous undead monster that's way stronger than anything else in the dungeon it's an optional mob i found out later and yeah now nah, that thing was so frustrating was like miss 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 oh, and then the because it's undead it would slowly um if your characters aren't immune to negative levels it would slowly oh, lower your character's no. levels and then eventually you would just start one-shotting your characters and i was like yo whose mans is this oh the worst definitely like i had gotten my gaming patience up pretty high 
but like getting back into uh crpgs definitely got me talking shit to my monitor yeah for sure i talk a lot of shit to my for monitor because sure. you be like Dad, who are you talking to? Be like, bro, don't even worry about it. There ain't nobody else in the room. I'm not talking to you. Yo, nah, I feel yeah. that for sure. That shit feels spiteful at times. Definitely. But That's what's up. with that and the, the last little buff that I really wanted is from like, um, if you successfully romance um uh, uh this one character, damn, I don't remember her name, but she she's one of the 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 mongrel characters from like under underground. <clears throat> Uh, she's like half demon, half human, because her ancestors were cursed, and like literally half and half, like split down the middle, not half and half like a TV. It's so funny. It's like you, you know that's not how the genetics works, right? Like genetics don't work that way at all. But I hear you. It's aesthetically pleasing. Okay, but it, I get it, the point. I guess it's it's just the male counterpart that split down the middle. The other one is a lot more like Nightcrawler looking. Gotcha. Um, but her her romance is particularly difficult. Because she's like really evil and she's sort of like a starian where she's a damaged character. Mm. And so like in the beginning, she likes you doing all that fucked up shit. It however, feels like Mithara too, yeah. Yeah, however, if you want to actually have a a, a, a real if you actually want to uh, get the romance to the to the final level, you actually have to sort of mend their trauma, you know what I mean? Yeah. You gotta like talk to her and actually eventually follow her down the path and there's also this thing in act three where she goes off to betray you and if you don't investigate that and do things properly she will actually betray you in act five and there's nothing you can this do about it bitch, not <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean so it, it that's one cool thing about this game it, 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 it's there's the surface ride and then there's like all this shit underneath it that really ele- elevates the game. Yeah, they, and and that's the same thing with with BG three. And I'm starting to see that that's like the real romance of CRPGs is like, yo, you can just play it through. Yeah, and you can play the storyline, and there's a full game there. But if you engage fully mm-hmm. with the stuff that's presented towards you, especially after they've patched in like the stuff that they wanted to 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 really get across bro there's you like literally the surface is only one third of the game facts which, yeah which is very different than most other genres that are popular right now whether it's you know sports or shooters or anything like that like no you play the game and that's the game you know what i mean you're getting the game at least 60 something percent two thirds of it right on the face of it but yep. crpgs are really about engaging the game hell and yeah i i think that's that's what people miss from quote-unquote jrpgs because that yeah, term definitely. is not you know what i mean what we used to think it is definitely but when we engage with the idea of jrpg one of the things we're 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 talking about that we miss i think is is like that engagement Absolutely. you know what i mean that whole iceberg mm-hmm. as they call it these days you know what i mean like Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you could just engage with Final Fantasy VII and play through the game. But God forbid you read and talk and yeah. talk to all these people and re- uh, realize what's going on deeply. Whoa, there's so much more game there, you know? Yeah. I mean, you can't even get Vincent without doing that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Secret characters, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And so, yeah, that, I really appreciate that. Um, where I find that that was even missing in in um turn-based rpgs today um because a lot of them are trying to like be a shell for like a game as a service model you know what yep. i mean like most games you kind of miss that iceberg because like they want you to pay for that <laughs> or they just want you to wait for that yeah. you know play later for that type of yeah. thing. you you miss the real feeling you get from that naturally through progressing from the game um, but CRPGs are keeping that fucking alive, man. Definitely. And, and I'm definitely glad I stumbled upon that. I think that um, Baldur's Gate 3, especially with all of its um, success at the Game Awards, um, is going to remind another uh, a generation that was deprived of that. Yeah, like, it's this gonna bring is a quality their, RPG. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? Like, if your games aren't doing that and not charging you for it, then they're not actually giving you a full game. That I think is a huge sentiment to be to be garnered today, and um, 
you'll never get that out of a a corporate game design. Hell no. You're only going to get that from a Larian or an Owlcat or, you know what I mean? Like those yeah. kind of studios. Paizo. Yeah, Paizo. And, 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 and in terms of like the the physical book games, um, you're not going to get that from corporately designed games. And, you know, even even crossing into that that um that universe of, of physical book TTRPGs, you know, the corporate end of that has exited that very portion of the market where the 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 mechanics are available for you to re- like delve deep into it and engage deeply with it. They're getting away from that. They care more about like controlling the virtual environment and having the platform in which you play on. Yeah, that's the, what they care about. They don't care the about the reliable buck <clears throat> to empower you to to create amazing stories. That's and 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 it's a shame that they didn't realize that that was the value of their brand. Hmm. Like the the value of the Dungeons and Dragons brand was in the empowering of the people to create imaginative things, and then. From that, you might get a, you know, a Drist or a Cleric Quintet or, or a Wrestling and 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 that those kind of storylines. Like you, the amazing storylines popped out of those games. You know what I mean? Like those books were written based off of adventures that were played. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think that uh, we don't want to get rid of that. You know, if. Uh, Hasbro or Wizards of the Coast is better at cultivating that environment so that when the media arises that does, you know, reach that that quality and able and empower it. So, because let me tell you, these people are looking for nothing more than a patron to pay them to make the things that they want to make. You know what I mean? But they've like, nah, fuck that. That includes us paying you. And we're not doing that. And that's the sad part, but it, it, it's still alive, I think. You know, you, you still see a lot of it, and, and it's supported a lot by, right now, in the in the software development stage, uh, by, like, studios like Larian and Owlcat and stuff like that. But, um, so, quick question. So, are you in the expansion of Righteous, Wrath of the Righteous right now? You're in the new shit? Or not no, yet? not yet. I still, um, I still have to, like, fix my, my lich, and then I'm going to, to it, because... Because it's 20 levels that you have to level your character up, every respect takes a while. Yeah, and I was, wow. I was I was trying out a couple of different things. I also tried um <clears throat> I tried the the other so there are three of the new subclasses that I thought would be really good for my lich. The first yeah. one was the um the alchemist necromancer or reanimator, I believe it's called. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that one's like directly a necromancer, but I didn't really like the, the alchemist uh, class in general too much, okay. so that one didn't really appeal to me. The next one uh, I, I thought would be really good was the 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 shifter, um, the, the werewolf, the were-shifter one. And that one was pretty good, but the being hybrid melee and magic on the on the... Uh, on the lich didn't really feel like the best so i ended up going with the um the the new witch subclass the the mm. hag of garona okay and that one it's like an ice witch right yeah that one is that one isn't the ice witch it's just oh, the, no, a right that's the, that one's the hag witch it's your witch that summons an extra hag companion that you can put gear on and she's fucking super strong and oh. shit Okay. So listen, you know I love me a companion class, Bruh, What? So and you you even get another companion as the lich anyway because you you essentially um, you get a skeletal companion that you can upgrade at three different tiers <clears throat> throughout your mythic progression as a lich, and the third tier essentially becomes a, a tank that can you. Well, that's the tier I build him. <clears throat> I usually build him as an extra meat shield on the front line because there's no real penalty when he dies. Because in this game, when when other when people die, they get like a death penalty, and if they accumulate three of those without a long rest, they will die permanently. And so that can't happen to your your fucking stone golem, your your stone golem. So he's a really good tank for that for that reason. And my uh my other tank, well. 
I'm gonna lose her. Unfortunately, like the best NPC uh, tank in the game is very, very lawful good. Mm. And at the beginning of your late progression at in Act Three, when you first pick up the class, she's like, "Hey, I don't really fuck with that, but I see that you're still out here fighting the good fight, so I'm gonna kind of let it slide." But Oh no, man! Mm-hmm. I don't know about this lich path. Sila tells you straight up, and then Act Five, when you choose the myth path path completely, <clears throat> in Act Five you get locked into the final version of whatever your mythic path is. Mm-hmm. And I chose, and for the lich, when you do that, you turn almost everybody in the, your 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 um your your castle area there into an undead. Mm. And Sila's like, nah, bro, I ain't going out like that. And so you're gonna have to kill her. And so, but Sila, I do. She, I, I, I usually run her as a cavalier right now, and I'm gonna retry her as the the ghost rider class to give her a a ghost mount. So I'm excited to try that one out too. There's some pretty, there's some pretty cool new subclasses, and I eventually want to make. Maybe I'll make my demon an assassin now that um. Uh, uh, poisons are actually halfway decent because the assassin seems like they have some pretty good buffs. Or trickster might actually work really well with assassin because with trickster you can buff your you can buff your crit stupid high. Mm, okay. But, so rather yo rather the righteous has like it feels like one of the C, uh, CRPGs with the most content available. Bro, it's like, thick. The, one of the reasons why like um. Where the point where I'm at or what I'm doing is taking so long is because there's so many choices. You feel me? Like there was already like maybe 20 main classes and maybe not 20, but there was already like maybe 16 main classes and each one of those main classes had four to five subclasses. And now they just dropped another 15 subclasses. So it's just like, ah, and then you also have your mythic progression that goes side by side with that. And so there's the synergy to consider, like, which one of those, like, so for a good example, Shifter sounds really, really dope, but that doesn't really work with anything else whose um, main ability lets you transform. For example, the gold dragon or the demon, both of those you get like a demon form you transform into, and you can't be both a Shifter werewolf and a demon or a Shifter werewolf gotcha. and a, a dragon at the same time. So, so you, you have to consider a lot when it comes to your character building, but... You get to make some dope ass characters. Hey, that's what it's all about. Yeah, like, like you know, I don't mind it is one of those things. Because if not, then you're just talking about like too much. Yeah, but like, give yeah. me some freedom. Mm-hmm. Freedom, freedom with the restrictions. I think is the good way to go. Yeah, th- this game, and what's really cool is it, it lets you be creative. You know what I mean? You can really mix and match. Like multi-classing is very viable in this game. They even have prestige classes. That you can only access by multi classing in specific ways. Mm. So there is really a lot to learn and experiment and really sort of like test like your 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 theory crafting and your your fucking team building. Yeah. And that's what's up, man. And and so yeah, dude, I, I, you know, talking about that, um just actually earlier today was um the game awards. Yeah, and you know, I'm. I sh- I I I should talk the idea of you know ceremonial award shows a bit, but only because the pomp and circumstance is a little bit extra. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that, that, that's a that's a cultural thing. That's just something that 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 we do when when we put on these shows. But despite all of that. They do hold value. Mm-hmm. They hold fucking value. And beyond just like what I usually talk about with like, you know, we need to put a spotlight on the people who work in the industry. These kind of things are good for, you know, all of the ancillary benefits, you know, rankings are just, you know, that's just a, a formality. That's not what we're here for. What we're here for is to see who's doing great things and stuff like that. That's all true. But what I really appreciate from the Game Awards now, because of the way that the culture is, is that they put certain studios in the spotlight 
and it forces corporate entities to conform to certain things. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they can no longer yep. say some stupid shit like, nobody wants a fucking single-player experience. Like, yep. oh, really? Then why did Alan Wake 2 and BG3 sweep the fucking Game Awards? Oh, maybe because people do want single-player experiences. Duh. But we understood already. We as players and adults understood what they were saying already. We only want to participate in live service models because that's where the most money for us yeah. is. We knew what that was. <clears throat> but unfortunately, the vast majority of the industry is children. And so their rhetoric passes on them. But when the things like the Game Awards come and they're like, yeah, but based on what everyone says, that's not true. It creates an environment where... They can continue to push this idea and shit to bed or kind of like use this to get the shareholders in line with doing the thing that makes the most money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because creating a dead live service game gets you how much money? Zero. Zero. You know what I mean? Like the amount of live service games that have failed and the fact that live service games end is coming to a head. It's coming to like, oh, you know what? Yeah, it's not infinite money. It's a lot of money for a short period of time. You know what I mean? Because unfortunately, like, live service game sales, I think, plummet precipitously at like the seven-year mark. I think that's been the longest that's provable, that you can keep a live service game alive and have that high-end revenue. But after seven years, and so it's like, oh, but you know, like, Final Fantasy VII is still making money. <laughs> there, there's, like, games from the 80s that are actually still making money, and, like, these live-service games, you know, outside of Fortnite, Fortnite's the only one that's really kicking, because Destiny is is crashing because of the Bungie acquisition. Uh, 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 Halo, done. We're not really, we don't got to do that. Cod, <laughs> done. We don't got to do that. You know what I mean? Like, those games have petered off, and their live ser service revenue pretty much keeps them alive. Like, they don't make profit profit anymore. They're just keeping enough to keep their community alive. And so, like, that's what I, the value I'm seeing from Game Awards today. is like, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. But you know what? Like, Baldur's Gate could never make another dollar and it was still an amazingly profitable venture to do so you know what i mean like you can keep your headaches going <laughs> or you can just make the game it's up to you you know what i mean and so it'll it'll winnow down down the live service um i think environment because Studios are losing their incentive to engage with that model. And I think that that is, that would be a lot harder to do without the visibility of things like the Game Awards. And that's not to say the Game Awards was, it was, it wasn't bad, actually. I enjoyed it. It was, it was pretty long. It was like almost three hours, but um, I think it was above three hours, but um, it was a lot more professional. My personal thing, a lot of shit that turns me off is just like, it's just not professional. It's just like, yo, why are niggas running on the stage, bro? No one. N Congratulations for content creators. They have something to talk about for five minutes, but like, it's not fun. And you can pander to those people if you want, or you could just make a good show. And this one was actually a kind of good show. And the one thing they got to work on is their is their marketing because it's it's uh the TGA, which is the the Game Awards. <laughs> Which is like, God damn it, guys. Come on, man. That one was easy to evade. <laughs> who, did, who, who didn't stop and say, oh, yeah, we're going to call it the TGAs. And nobody stopped to say, that makes no sense. <laughs> that's the, the Game Awards, guys. I mean, that's why people say, I mean, some people say the, the ATM machine. Or, you know what it is, too, is, is I'm going to give you something to shit on. So that you don't actually shit on the shit that I don't want you to shit on. Because that's an easy one. It didn't actually hurt the production. 
and it probably diverted attention from some other things that we could have been critical about. You know what I mean? Like, so if it was used as a as a as a tactical maneuver, sure, gotcha, well done, <laughs> because that was pretty much my biggest critique, honestly. Like, even like um, they did. It was well paced, in my opinion, in terms of like announcements versus reveals. Or, or I'm sorry, like like game award announcements, I should say, versus like game reveals. They had a nice dispersal. It was a good venue for some people to or some studios to put out their new shit um, versus just doing what we were talking about prior, which is highlighting the studios who are doing great things right now. Um, so, yeah, dude, I honestly thought that this was one of the better game awards. Not for nothing. But um, we got to see uh, uh, Kojima announced his uh, next project. He's working with Jordan Peele on a horror joint. Are we not here for this? Are you not entertained? This like, would be interesting. I think that I think that that's um, I think I, I'm I'm hyped for that. I'm hyped for that. And that's not even my genre. Like Silent Hill Resident Evil is not my genre. But I love both of them as Artur, uh, one an Artur filmmaker and one a uh, person who desires to be an Artur filmmaker. You know what I mean? Who tries to express that through video, the, the medium of video games. I like that. I like that. I think that there, a lot of creative shit can, ha- can come out of that. And Jordan Peele being a gamer himself to some degree, I mean, he's not a heavy gamer, but... So as somebody who plays video games, I think I'll have some good input into how to to express the uh, in that medium. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's super dope. Um, what else? Um, there was a couple of other things announced. Uh, I mean, in terms of winners, you know, you had BG three winning um, uh, game of the year, but then you had Alan Wake winning a lot more than I thought. Um, Hi Fi Rush, I think rightfully won uh, music direction because as a rhythm game doing what it did I I think that that was it would have been a little bit of a snub because like the entire premise of that game was the music direction <laughs> and they and they and they landed it you know what I mean like it would be one thing if like it wasn't the uh you know what I mean like it was like, oh, okay. It was like Guitar Hero, where it was mostly based on the fame of the music being used. Like, no, no, no. No. They took the rhythm game and made the sound direction a pivotal part of every other aspect of the game. Like, nah. I'm super glad that that one. Um, I thought that was really good. And honestly, that's one that I, I would highly recommend that you you try. I think you would actually get get, get a bit of a kick out of it. And the main character is... He's got a certain charisma to him, man. <laughs> he's got a charisma to him that I'm just like, fuck, man. I hate that trope, but he's just too lovable. You know what I mean? Like, he's like Dante. Yeah. Devil may cry. I fucking hate the Dante character <laughs> trope, bro. But I love Dante. Yeah, you're like, ah, uh, he's too cool, and I just want to hate him for doing ridiculous shit. But it's so badass. I, I'm not time. gonna. When I see him split the motorcycle in half and use it as fucking nunchaku. Right? Shit. When, when, he's, uh, when he throws the sword down the side of the building. Yeah. And then runs down the side of the building, catches the bruh, sword. Bruh, bruh, <laughs> Yeah, no, nah, I feel you. The very most. I feel you. So, yeah, I, I appreciated uh, Hi-Fi Rush getting its accolades. Definitely deserved its, um, its roses. But, um, yeah, dude. Um... I was surprised at the lack of Final Fantasy 16. I I'm I I'm not sure if it won anything. But it did get its two DLCs announced. One that was released today and then one that's going to be released early 2024, which I expected that much. Hopefully it rounds out the game. I just you know, <laughs> listen. They try to thing they try to thing, just le- the story. The story isn't compelling, in my opinion, because it suffers from magical slave syndrome, and it's like 
when the slaves are being enslaved because they actually have power, it kind of takes away from the slave narrative. You know what I mean? It's, and they tried to do a thing. And you know what it was? Is that they didn't fully lean into it. Okay? So they had the whole, like, bearers are mistreated subplot. And if they were going to use something that heavy, that sh- that might have, that should have been the main plot, but instead they had this super aloof boss be the the overarching plot and that you t- spent all your time building that other narrative around the the bearers and then brought in an unrelatable boss though that might see that might be how like that might be realistic in that that's how things exposit, but that's not good storytelling. You know what I mean? Do you understand what I'm saying when I say that you could be very realistic but just not good storytelling? Yeah, yeah, it's not compelling. It's yeah, like yeah, you know what I mean. Like sometimes like, life um, doesn't make the best story. Astronaut Chris Hadfield, they have this um thing where the he reviews uh astronaut scenes from movies, and one of the things he said is like, oh. This scene in Apollo 13 is super unrealistic because everybody's running around and panicking. It's like you practice it so often then and you know specifically that you're not supposed to panic. So when something like this happened and they were just super quiet and all just like calmly crunching the numbers. But it was good storytelling to make them panic. Exactly. But that wouldn't be compelling on screen. So, no. you know, you do the fun shit. And so, yeah, that that was, that. you know, I don't think they, they balanced that part well. You know what I mean? Like, they they got really close to to reality on some parts, but lost, I think, sight of like what was actually entertaining. And it was like, no, no. I get it. Your story was 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 coherent and presented. But you were presenting to us a, a not very entertaining story. And so, congratulations! You succeed at not entertaining us with that unentertaining story. And so that's, that's how I feel part. about any game that doesn't have good overworld travel. Like if you don't have yeah. fast travel in your game, that's exactly like, how yes, I feel. It is convenient to fast travel, but give me good overworld travel, and I'll take yeah. that any fucking day. Yeah, like just make it easy for me to get around. Like it's fucking twenty twenty three. There's no reason why this should be such a slog. You know what I mean, and 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 that's the that's the part I think is kind of lost because they were like, oh, cool, you. So that means you don't like overworld travels. Like, no, <laughs> no, that's not what that means. That means that I want you to present it in a fun and interesting way because because it is a very fucking thin line between playing an RPG and a menu simulator. Oh yeah, and if you give me a fucking menu simulator, which is just. Uh, I only got but so much patience for that. Like, I'll take that in a mobile game. But if you're giving me a console game, please don't turn it into a menu simulator for me. And that's what it's going to end up turning into if you don't respect that I just want to move into an in- interesting and entertaining environment. Yep. You know what I mean? And so I think that that's what Final Fantasy, VI, Final Fantasy 16 missed out on. And now, mind you, I've, I don't own a PS5. I didn't put hands on this game. This is just for me watching oh, probably over 100 hours of it. You know what I mean? So it's not like I'm unexperienced with the game. I have watched it for 100 hours, and that's why I don't speak about the gameplay, because I can't speak to the gameplay. But I'm telling you from what I watched, like, they did not do that. They, they definitely didn't make the overworld a thing. Definitely straddling that line of menu simulator at times. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's an issue. And that was a great point. So, yeah. I think that Final Fantasy 16 was shouldn't have won any awards, but that doesn't make it a bad game. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of people don't seem to understand the difference between, like, being a serviceable game and being an award-winning game. There's a substantial difference between the two, you know what I mean? So yeah, yo, you wild average, bro. And that's it. And 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 even in the visuals department, I think that it could have stepped up, especially after 
Ugh. After Alan Wake, oh, fucking Alan Wake is so fucking beautiful. Like watching that game, like having watched about 30 something hours of Alan Wake, I will absolutely say like, it's much more fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, like it's, it's a thing, you know, and it's just That's how I feel about high level Smash Brothers play. Yeah. <laughs> It's like definitely a, a lot more fun to watch. Substantial difference. <laughs> but yeah, and so or, or high level league play. Whatever I see high level league play, I'm always laughing because it was I was like, was like that could have been me. That dude that's getting fucking oh, rolled yeah, right the now. Niggas getting wrecked, right? <laughs> Never the nigga who's doing the ill shit. You know what oh, saying? that could have been me getting wild. That dude up getting like rolled. That. that could have been me, man. But nah, I imagine that dude is tilted as fuck. So yeah, I know what you mean. I pray he's not tilted. Yeah, I mean, I know he is, but I pray he's not. Bro, sometimes when you see high-level gameplay, I'm just like, man. I remember seeing, like, um, what was it? I think it was one of those Mortal Kombat combos that was just, that shit was literally, like, 45 seconds long, and I was just like, bruh. Now, bro, I've seen Bruh. league plays that I've seen like single league plays that collapsed an entire team. Yeah, like it yeah. was just so demoralized because like, all right, this was the setup for what I'm talking about. Okay, you got you got a, a bruiser top. Mm-hmm. Okay, level three jungler's about to do his thing. Okay, jungler Lee Sin pops in on the Renekton. Boom. Other Riven on the top was like, it's go time, baby. <laughs> the Renekton dodges the fucking Lee Sin, uh, you know, to teleport in. Yeah, the, 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 the it's all over. Shit, yeah, it's all over. The Renekton is running around the tower while that nigga <laughs> pop, pow, pow, double kill. Uh, and that one play by the fucking top. Oh, yeah, that just gave him totally like demoralized team. It's over. Yeah, it's over for the other team. That Renekton yeah. is steamrolling the top and moving forward, and it's just like, wow. Yeah, he probably the just... The one play, bro. Got 600 gold. Yo, that's Dude. a big-ass lead. Dog. Early so it's game. Like, yeah, so when I see high level... And and it's like... The, <laughs> that's that's high-level play that didn't require the Renekton. He didn't hit any of them. He didn't actually attack either <laughs> He just guided them. them around the tower? Yeah, he used all of his abilities to evade because you know how our Renekton has a dash yeah, he's got and then he the has dash. a secondary dash right mm-hmm. he has a dash dash so the first dash got him out of the Lee Sin uh, uh, teleport and the second dash got him out of the Riven smash Lord. and it was just like now what y'all gonna do I'm gonna walk around this tower and watch how niggas <laughs> die because you can't turn back now you can't turn back now bruh the amount of times that I've been playing League and I had the overconfidence to do something. Oh. And it was probably someone like that Renekton, but he had like 25% life. And I was like, I got this with my the full life. The gameplay knowledge yeah. to know not to engage them at any point. <laughs> Just let them keep getting blasted. And now, no. mind you, he did he did final hit both of them because he knew that he had to get the kill before the tower did. Because if you don't touch him, you won't get the XP. Yeah. It, it was just the outplay, bro. Yeah. The, of, the awareness to know, just like, I just need to touch you once with a melee attack. I didn't use none of my abilities on you. I just, when I knew you had no abilities on cooldown, <laughs> I walked in and tapped you and walked away. Oh my God. Bro. And so anyway, yeah, that's, that, that'd be that, that'd be that shit right there. Yep. The, the, the outplays are serious. Shit hurts your heart, bro. It makes you want to uninstall the game. <laughs> Either that, or it makes you want to double down and like, I gotta be able to do that. Yes, I gotta man. do that. <laughs> but yeah, my bad. I don't even know how I got up on that. But yeah, no. Game Awards was dope. I thought that um the re- reveals of uh, OD was gonna. Be, it, it, I, I'm gonna be interested in getting um hands on that because I want to get a PS5 eventually, and I just. I want to see a Jordan Peele influenced video game. I really fuck with him heavy because if there's anything that Jordan Peele really like wants to like maximize is the user experience. And I think that that's a great uh, uh, kind of temper to Kojima. Who's like, yeah, but they'll play whatever I give them. You know that, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but you gotta have somebody who's there. Who's like, yeah, but let's have fun with this, please. You know? Cause if not, he will go Death Stranding on your ass and make a game that you'll punish yourself through. I feel like I had to punish myself through Death Stranding because I own Death Stranding and I played Death Stranding. And I enjoyed Death Stranding, but only because I'm a masochist. 
You know what I mean? And I don't think that's the average person's relationship to video games. You know, you're not going to want to suffer through the game the way that 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 Kojima <laughs> might make you. No, no, that that's the fun part. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> WeeBay meme. Suffering is the fun. Don't Bro, you get it? WeeBay meme. Just looking around like, oh <laughs> yeah. shit. That's funny. This nigga's been doing it on purpose. Like, yeah. So um, I'm definitely looking forward to see what that um, what that uh, what they come together with. But yeah, man. Um, Game Awards I think was dope. Uh, just gotta work on the name. Moving on from that, dude. <sighs> so you know me. I'm a huge fan of A24. Uh-huh. They've done some fire shit. Yep. So they have decided that they want to partner with Max to do their post theatrical releases. Yeah, now Max has been having a rough time. Yeah, as, as they've in, been having a bad go of as, it, my as guy. In the, the new name and fucking. Max what, like four is years? not the place you want to put your shit if you want it accessible to people. Max has been very bad about just like, oh yeah, you know, we don't really carry that no more. Yeah, they're we're good. Shaky. We're not gonna. We're not gonna maintain that license. Like, mm, I I hope it's a good move for them. I artistically, the studio is on point. Not gonna, not gonna fuck with them artistically, but boy, oh boy, I don't know if Max is the platform that's gonna to be immortalizing their their post theatrical content, streaming content. But maybe A twenty four is the studio to stabilize them. You know what I mean? Like A twenty four ain't going nowhere no time soon. Not unless they want to shit the bed. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> if they just keep doing what they're doing, they'll be all right. Because they're making good movies that people enjoy watching. Yeah. So maybe that's the stability that Max needs is to get in partner with something like this to keep their library consistent. You know what I mean? But that doesn't know, that doesn't initially scream uh, fastidious partnership to me. You know, uh, but, you know, obviously they, they, they're talking about some shit behind the scenes, you know, so maybe they got something working, but, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I wonder because, you know, like I look at like studio Ghibli, which boy in the heron drops tomorrow. I don't know if how hype you are for that, but I'm super hyped for that. I'm going to try to catch that in theaters maybe sometime next week. Like I really would but I gotta try to Burbank for that shit, bro. I don't think that shit's showing nowhere in LA um, but Burbank. And so I might have to travel for it. But, you know, like Studio Ghibli, they their partnership with Disney has been, I, I think, has really carried Disney animations. And that's not because Disney as an animations isn't a storied and legacied studio. It's because they're contemporary. It keeps them relevant in a contemporary sense. They're 50-50 on a lot of their releases. And that's not a that's not a state of being that Disney's used to. Disney's used to like home runs, home runs. Home, you know what I mean? They knock it out the park usually. And so um Studio Ghibli has helped keep them relevant, salient in the modern times. And 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 that's that's been a huge boon to them. And I wonder if this could be the same kind of partnership for Max and A twenty four. Hopefully, you know what I mean. I don't know. That might be wishful thinking, but yeah, Max, nah, be like they they right now. You know what the big seller on Max is right now? <laughs> Not a clue. Sesame Street Mecca. No. They got they got they got Mecca Elmo in this bitch carrying the whole team on his back, bro. You know what I mean? Like, Max is not looking too hot. I mean, not gonna lie, kind of interested. 
Oh, nigga, what? That's that's a, that's Kendrick shit right there, nigga. Like, hey, <laughs> hey, put on Mecca Elmo, please. Like, yeah, Mecca oh, Elmo shit. sounds kind of dope. Nah, the nigga's lit. I'm not even but gonna that's, front. I'm not gonna hate on no. That's don't unfair, get it. That's no though. Hate. That is no shade. That's unfair, though. That's just the prefix Mecca doing a whole lot of heavy lifting. Yeah. <laughs> nah, Elmo, Elmo got his... Yo, Elmo got a squad. Elmo, <laughs> Elmo keep holding it down. You know what I mean? But yeah, like... I'm hoping that this is something that stabilizes the Max platform because that would be hugely beneficial to my my media consumption needs, to say the least, because, boy, oh, boy, Max has been very tumultuous as of late. But, yeah, I thought that was an interesting one. Um, hopefully that doesn't lead A24 down a negative. Um, yeah, I hope that doesn't drag down their ability to to participate in the streaming platforms moving forward. But yeah, man, uh, moving on from that, this is an interesting one in the streaming sphere. Netflix and Apple open to <coughs> to bundling with other services. Oh, no. <laughs> Cable's you know back, means. baby. Bro, so did you enjoy cable TV? <laughs> because cable's back, baby. <laughs> cable's back. Listen. And now that 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 is a very early prognostication. Don't get me wrong. It, I'm relatively hyperbolic in that exclamation. But nonetheless, this is absolutely the red flags uh-huh. that brings us back to motherfucking cable. Yeah, they're laying the groundwork for show. Yeah, I mean, like, and that's not to say like cable TV technology and optical cable technology, it's the business model of cable TV. Yep. And that shit was trash. And unfortunately, it's been long enough to where there's a whole fucking generation who doesn't remember that shit. Carolina don't know nothing about cable TV. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, you could be 32 to 35 and know nothing of cable TV. And who the fuck do you think are starting new accounts in this kind of shit? You know what I mean? That's the demographic. They the timing is impeccable. The timing is impeccable, bro. Like these niggas, yo, and and which is what tells me that it ain't no motherfucking coincidence. It's like, oh no, this is the natural development of the industry. It's just what happens. We this is how consumer demand has evolved. No, you fucking simple-minded sheep. The timing is too impeccable to think that this is just how our consumption has organized. Stop it. Yeah, I mean, like, people are crazy. They they don't really realize how much they're being manipulated. And you think that these cable, you think these streaming providers weren't patiently waiting for the optimal time to institute some bullshit like this? Because they listen, listen. Can you tell me one streaming company that's been profitable? No, because there hasn't been. Whether it's Netflix hasn't uh, had no profit. You know, the whole live streaming model is not profitable. It's not a profitable business model. And so they have been, they've been known this. When I say they, Hulu, not profitable. Max, clearly not profitable. They can't sustain the own shit that they make. Like, it's, it's, it's all been non-profitable. And so the whole point that they've been biding their time for is to say there is a profitable model that we walked away from. We just got to wait until people will accept it again. And so, yeah. Let me tell you, man, it it, 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 it's, it feels super, super evident that the red flags are there that we're heading back to the cable model. Which, once again, the cable model is why people were empowered to move to piracy. <laughs> because the cable model was, once again, another situation in which you were being forced to consume in ways that might not be conducive with how you wanted to consume. And what's worse is, is the average consumer has been conditioned to the streaming model's availability. Yes. 
moving back to, to the cable model is only going to create another mass wave of piracy. piracy. And what's worse is, is that they, they've made no real movement in DRM or in, di- in, in, in terms of licensing or distribution in a realistic method, method that would ingratiate the consumer enough to not want to just pirate shit when they have the op- uh, opportunity. And, and, and even when I say that, I'm only talking about 20%. You know, at the height of piracy, like it was only like twenty percent of the market. <laughs> it was only twenty, and now yes, twenty percent market share is something to chase, but it's absolutely not the lion's share of the market. You know what I mean? And so they're just gonna put themselves back into that position, which is kind of fine when the eighty percent of the market share that they have is global now. It's much more global than it was when when they had to worry about, like, regional DVDs. You know what I mean? Like, regional MP4s is, like, a choice. Regional DVDs was, like, a requirement because of, <laughs> of, of stipulations. You know what I mean? Like, you could make your movie digitally available to anyone you wanted to and sell it to them if you want to. You know, it's not a matter of, like, whether you're restricted by regulations and shit like that. And so, yeah, they're creating uh, a very interesting new environment for the um, <clears throat> uh, for the distribution of, of movie media, TV media, all that stuff. And so uh, <clears throat> I'm interested to see where it goes. But creating a cable TV environment, I don't know if it's... I don't know if we want to go back to that environment. That definitely wasn't the, uh, the most fruitful ground that we had tread upon in that, to say the least. But yeah. Moving on from that, let's go ahead and hit up some of these here uh, international topics and 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 get out of here because there's going to be plenty of news to talk about this weekend because niggas is wildin' as always. But um, you know something that that came across the feed actually a few weeks back, but I've been monitoring to kind of see what's going on is is uh Venezuela is having a territorial dispute with Guyana. Now, this is one that I'm not particularly... um, I'm not neutral on. Unfortunately, I've... What I know of the Guyanese history, it's right up there with other states that probably shouldn't exist with Israel. It is the byproduct of Western colonialization in in, in northern South America. And really, it's a very dense part of the Amazon rainforest that that they tried to colonize. (coughs) They dropped a bunch of of Indian uh, slaves and indentured servants off in that lot of land. And then abandoned them when they realized that that area is entirely too fucking wild to try to, to, to colonize. It's the fucking Amazon. And so now in, uh, they, they created a buffer state between Dutch Suriname and Venezuela called Guyana for no other reason than to deny the land rights to Venezuela. The native people of Guyana are aboriginals, and they don't give a fuck about none of this. They care not about any of these national borders. They are trying to protect the Amazon. And most of the people, the the, the Indian people who were dropped off there, are fucking fleeing. They don't want to live there. They want to go move to the Caribbean or to America. So the state of Guyana probably just shouldn't exist. And there is a a, a stretch of land called the Essequibo that has been traditionally um, patronized by Venezuelan people. (laughs) Now, because of, you know, 
Dutch colonization and so forth. They separated out that land and created a nation state out of it. But this is probably one of the most dysfunctional, corrupt nation states that there is. It, it, it definitely shouldn't exist. And so it's difficult for me to, to really comment on it because while I don't believe that Guyana is a, is a valid nation, the people, I, I always will hardline on self-determination. And the people of that region should determine whether they want to be part of Venezuela or, or whether they want to be an independent nation. You know, maybe Guyana as its current state never fucking uh, uh, doesn't persist. But the, the aboriginal people can take over that shell of a nation, root out the corrupt politicians, and make this like another, you know, maybe Ecuador, Bolivia, uh, a state that is trying to actually serve the Aboriginal people that that live in it. You know what I mean? And so, because of that, I'm not sure how I feel about Venezuela attempting to annex, uh, looks like a third of the country, which is that Essequibo region that I was just referencing. <laughs> But moving forward, there is a there is a matrix of thinking that can that can guide us to what is most effective at at advocating for, and that is, do they move forward with self determination for the people, or do they move forward with a military annex? So Venezuela did a referendum in which they, the people of Venezuela voted whether they want to try to occupy this region, they said yes. Now, you can do so by then filling that, that, that uh, gap of, of uh, civil um, development that has been left by the corrupt Guyanese government and offering those people a referendum in their territory to allow you to have legitimate say over moving forward without necessity of 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 military uh um uh force because let me tell you I just don't think that the Guyanese military is really up to it god forbid venezuela actually said that they were going to take this shit by force bruh bruh the Guyanese military ain't ready. The Venezuelan military is far more prepared to take the Guyanese land than the Guyanese military is to defend it. So, <laughs> let's just hope that they don't choose that route. And if they do, I'm going to have to say that I don't support that. But if they choose to allow the Guyanese people to... um. Make choice. And when I say Guyanese people, a lot of the people who live in Guyana, the, their identity precedes the Guyanese state. You see what I'm saying? So it is a little bit disparaging to call them Guyanese. But if 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 they're not going to, and that's only if they're not going to usurp the Guyanese identity as their own, so that they can actually have a nation state edifice to protect them. If they're not going to do that, then I would be reticent to call them Guyanese people. But, you know, in the absence of that kind of movement on their part, you know, I think it would it's best for the Venezuelan government to allow them to choose where they want to express their 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 um personal sovereignty, you know. <laughs> and so like I, I didn't speak too heavily on that when it first happened because, you know, my initial was like, yeah, just dissolve the fucking Guyanese state. The shit is a fucking farce anyway. But, you know, in, in respect to the people who who occupy that, that area and that land, they do have a story to to be told and one that should be respected. You know, they, they, they have a history and a culture to... to uh, be preserved and to be taken into the future. And so I hope that that Venezuela respects that. Um I 
I'm more hopeful that they would do that of any other. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like it's America going in there where I'd be like, Nah, B, you fucked. You done so. Yeah, you know I mean, like they 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 ethnically cleansing this bitch. You know what I mean? It's not like a European power is trying to do it. You know what I mean? This is a a a, a nation state that has a significant uh stake and purchase into the uh preservation of South American culture. So, uh in terms of the movement of Venezuela, that's that's where I am with that. And so yeah, beyond that, we got um this one given the the preoccupation of America and a lot of Europe right now with the wars that they are perpetrating amongst the Eurasian continent. Western African nations are taking this time to fucking to uh to unify. And so you have Mali, Niger, Niger and Burkina Faso starting this generation's first and only confederation of states. And so they are creating a three-state confederation in West Africa to try to, A, create an economic block that can counter uh, uh, some of the fleeing um, resources that have been exploited from their regions, also to create a defensive block because unfortunately uh european countries have been known to flood pmcs which are private military contractors into these countries to destabilize them and so yeah i gotta say like smart move while their backs are turned they over here fighting amongst themselves this is because you saw what they did to Gaddafi. As soon as, because this is exactly what Qaddafi uh, said he was going to do. And then they murdered him. You know what I mean? Like, you don't got to like Qaddafi. I don't like Qaddafi. But why did you murder him as soon as he said that he was going to unify Africans? You know what I mean? Like, <coughs> it's a pretty obvious um, what the problem was. It wasn't his iron rule over over uh, uh, Libby, Libyans. It was his unification and promulgation of the idea that Africans can rule themselves. And so, yeah, dude, they were very smart in the way that they moved. Because, let me tell you, God forbid you do this when, when, when these European powers are, are, are watching and, and unoccupied. First thing they do, they try to infiltrate, you know? So... Shout out to, to, to those three nations. I hope that they they manage to actually solidify something for themselves, are able to move into some form of democratic rule so that they aren't forced to, to, to stay under these military juntas because militaries are good at killing people and bad at governing. It's not what they're made for. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, dude, I, I definitely wanted to shout that out because there's a lot of shit going on, but all right. We'll go ahead and we'll wrap up on that, guys. Uh, I think that we hit up a lot of good topics today. If you did enjoy the show, please feel free to subscribe to us. You can find us on Patreon.com or on Anchor.fm. You can also find us on the social media on Instagram at uh, Heron's Home Podcast and at Heron's Home Homies and on Twitter at Korea underscore T and at Home Heron. You can find me on Instagram at RicoGVO. And always remember, guys, time's only wasted if you choose to waste it. So learn from your mistakes. It's the only thing you ever truly will learn from. Thanks again for joining us, and have a great one. Peace out. Take it easy.